0: Gosh, darling, I do hate sitting in this waiting room. I made us so nervous.
1: Oh, pish posh, Cyril. You're fretting over nothing, you hear me?
0: Perhaps you're right, dear.
2: Mr. Tyrrell, Dr. Murder will see you now.
0: Dr. Murder? (laughs) Don't worry, Mr. Tyrrell. Murder is a Portuguese name. A foreign doctor?
3: Welcome to one... From the vaults. The horror podcast about all things Anvil.
4: You're listening to part one of our discussion on the many films to feature the studio's most enduring villain. We, of course, are referring to the saga. The saga. saga Dr. Murder. Dr.
3: Murder.
0: Murder. Oh, we practised this.
3: is isn't us again. Who else? Yes. This is Clint. And I'm Warren. It is your boy, Rufus. Please don't say it like that. I, I can't help it. I'm all pumped and ready to go. Excellent, excellent. And myself? Less so, actually. What's the matter, Warren? Si. Que sera,
0: sera, mon amigo. Uh, well, my cat, Damien, has gone missing and it's got me all of a dither, if I'm honest. Oh, that's awful.
4: Yes. Uh, I didn't even know you
0: had a cat. When did you get him? About 14 years ago. Oh. Have you put some posters up saying he's lost? Oh, I at least five or six, but I've no photo of him to put on them.
4: Of course not. What sort of person takes pictures of their own pets?
0: So what's on the poster? Just a brief description and my phone number.
4: Oh. Uh, Have you had any calls?
0: Quite a few. Some very late at night, but none of them were about cats. Well, why not describe your cat for the listeners and see if they can help you? What a good idea. Uh, So, uh, Damien is a a cat. He's sort of average size for a cat. Colour? Um, Well, I want to say brown, like a cat. Brown. Uh, He's got a tail, like a a cat tail. Does he meow? Almost exclusively. Has he got a collar? Uh, No, Damien's a very informal cat. Any distinguishing features? Gunk. He's got a lot of gunk in his eyes. They are both moist and crusty. Mm. And, uh, and when did you last see Damien the cat? Last Tuesday. He's popped out for a stroll down the garden.
4: Your garden, which backs onto an air road Is that right? It
0: does
3: indeed. Right. <clears throat> so, if you think you've seen Warren's very early blind cat on your travels, do let us know. You can send an email to cinemasociety at gmail.com or get in touch on Twitter at cinemasociety. Not forgetting, it is cinema with an S. Right. So that's one
0: S for cinema and another S for society. Uh, Okay,
4: Warren, they get it.
0: The SS. Uh, I'll
4: let it slide this time because your cat's dead. Just play the trailer.
0: What do you mean, dead?
2: What marvellous music for a murder, or two, or three, or seventeen. I say, what the devil are you doing in my greenhouse? (gasps) Ladies and gentlemen, I invite you to play a game with me. A game called revenge. Seventeen killed you, my love. Seventeen shall die.
3: Reckoning this decapitation weren't any accident, sir. Well, sergeant, I've got got a hunch. You want to stand up straight, sir?
2: (laughs) Dr. Meridian Murder was a reasonable man of sound mind and fine taste, until tragedy untangled his genius and twisted his purpose to one of sickening evil. Now the doctor has a new talent for designing delicious instruments of death.
3: The revenge of Dr. Murder from Anvil Studios. There are few
4: who know of the curses of Chorazin, of which there are many. Chorazin? A city of unrepentant sinners, my child, beset by carrion crows. (laughs) Flaked by fireflies.
2: And condemned to perpetual flatulence. Seems the old man part his clogs, sir. Yes, Sergeant. I can smell that. Seventeen must suffer a fate of eternal... Something's wrong with the blasted engine. Oh, Lord, no! The Doctor will see you now.
4: By the spring of 1955, Anvil was in something of a rut.
3: Their latest 27 films had not been the smash hit horrors the executives of the company hoped they would be. Even standout movies such as Gorgons of the Deep,
0: Rat People and A Pocket Full of Dye failed to save the studio
4: from its slump. Producers even tried appealing to audiences by changing tact and releasing a couple of camp comedy capers to little acclaim.
3: Hello Sailors was an instant flop. And the less said about Don't Mar Me Ducky, the better.
4: The tables were certainly in need of turning.
3: Do you really think Damien could be dead? As luck would have it, producer Francis Hunt's father had just perished.
4: Reportedly due to cramps.
3: And when clearing out his family home, Mr Hunt came across a dusty book.
4: A little-known French novella from 1886 by opium addict Jules Jean Dis.
3: Warren, it's, it's you. Go on. Eh?
0: Oh, um, uh, the story was called... Vengeance du Docteur
3: de la Meurtre.
4: Or, if you don't know French, Revenge
3: of the Murder Doctor. We think. I mean, we don't know French.
0: A sadistic tale of a well-regarded physician who becomes a killer as he seeks retribution for those he believed responsible for his wife's untimely death.
4: Sniffing the story's potential, Francis began translating the work into both English and a screenplay both there and then.
3: <laughs> Hunt's script was swiftly completed and his net What is it, Warren? It was just untimely death. It reminded me of Damien. Well,
4: he'd have been 75 in cat
3: years. Gone before his time. He'd had a good innings. I too will have my
4: revenge. Shall we just cut to a bit of music?
3: Probably an idea.
4: We're doing now, chaps. Oh, I'm right, Dandy. Oh, looks like I'd better feed the clippings off my neighbour's pine trees into you then. eh? Why? Because you're chipper. That's pretty good. No, it it, it doesn't work. Why not? I'm allergic to pie. No, it's. (laughs) I'm not going to. (laughs) Right. I'm even
0: feeling a bit better about my lost cat, too.
1: I'm sure he'll come back to you, love.
0: Thank you. Oh, my sod, what are you? Yeah. Where did you come from?
1: I popped in. Well, soft lad here, we're crying. How
0: did we not see?
4: It is very dark in here.
0: I'm cultivating a mood.
1: Well, I can definitely sense a mood.
0: Why didn't you say anything?
1: I'm waiting to be introduced.
0: I don't know your name. He does. No, I don't.
3: <sighs> she was nodding at me. I'm pretty sure she was nodding at me. No, it was me. It's a lazy nod. It looks like she's nodding at you, but it's me. Isn't that right, though? Wait. Are you Doreen? Well, last time I checked I was I. And when was that?
1: 1978.
3: I asked you to wait in the car.
1: Well I've finished, Mr. Doku.
3: Wow. Well, um
0: Doreen,
4: welcome to one from the vaults.
0: From the vaults bugger.
1: Hello all.
0: Uh you don't need to wave, it's an auditory medium.
1: Should call it an auditory small size of this shed.
0: Yes, well, we're trying
3: to record a podcast, so could you keep it down? A what? A podcast, Buttercup. It's like radio, but for tossers.
1: And what are you doing on this podcast then?
0: Talking about the lost movies of Anvil Studios.
1: Doesn't sound like something many people would actually be interested in.
0: Hey, we had four emails
4: last week. Did we? Aye. Uh, from a superfan too. Someone called postmaster at gmail.com. Now, I've not opened them, but they've all got the subject line. Mail, not delivered. Hmm. Exciting, eh?
0: So, uh, where were we? Your shit shed. <laughs>
4: uh, got quite a mouth on her, hasn't she, Rufus?
3: Mm, turns the air bluer than my Uncle Clifton when he watches the footy. Well, at least they can't hear him on television. Oh, no, his house backs onto a playing field. He sticks his head out the bathroom window to scream at the kids during matches. He gets really into it.
4: Right. We were talking about Francis Hunt, the original screenwriter of the first Doctor Murder film.
3: Uh, yes,
0: right. So, um, Francis Hunt had been looking for a way into the Anvil stable ever since he was discarded by Boiling Eagle Pictures uh, for allegedly pitching the same film idea 43 times over the course of one half-hour meeting.
3: Boiling Eagle pictures, or BEP for short, actually kept a public record of all meetings so we have a short clip of that here And then it's over here and there and then the whole thing crashes into the palace of Versailles. (laughs) Good, eh? No, Mr Hunt that simply wouldn't work The hangar space is crowded enough as it is There is no more room for another Zeppelin Very well, very well, I understand Okay, here's another one for you then Gerald Anderson, he's just your ordinary run-of-the-mill pilot. Survived the Second World War, he's got a dame at home. Yes. Uh, right, but here's the twist. He gets back from flying fighter planes in Korea to discover that his wife has been killed by a zetlin. <sighs> this is the exact same film again, isn't it? All right, you don't like it, you don't like it. I understand, I get it. All right, OK, how's about this one, then? Ronald Tenderson, he's a zookeeper, see? He's looked after the animals all his life, like his dad before him and his father before that. He loves his work and the crowds, they adore him. Hmm. Go on. All right, well, one day he arrives at the zoo only to find it's in ruins. All the animals have been killed by a zeppelin. Right. Get out.
1: I've been on a zeppelin.
0: Hunt knew that Anvil Studios were on the lookout for another starry producer after the recent bursting of their previous one, a gene statement. So,
4: with a sticky wedge of freshly pumped screenplay in one hand and his father's urn in the other, Hunt turned up on the doorstep of Anvil in Acton, demanding to meet Mr Anvil himself.
3: He sat in the waiting room, refusing to speak to anyone but the head honcho, Resorting only to the occasional sign language when he needed refreshment, like a cup of tea or a turkey and Edam sandwich. Finally, after three days,
0: two toilet trips, 34 turkey and Edam butties and one resignation of a secretary, the persistent Francis Hunt was finally granted access to Beverly Anvil's office, Cum Sauna. On the proviso, he could pitch his picture in just three minutes.
3: He only needed two. I heard it took him 15 minutes to persuade Anvil that the script had legs.
4: No, sorry, I meant that as a question. He only needed two, as in only two toilet trips after 34 turkey and EDAM sandwiches. Oh, he must have been more backed up than the postal service on a Christmas Eve.
0: More backed up than the M5 on a Maybank holiday. More backed up than my shit-filled
1: cars on a Tuesday. Yes,
3: thank you, Doreen.
1: Here, what's a cum sauna? What's going to
3: you? You've never been this blue at home.
1: It's these two. They keep baring their teeth
3: at me. No, I don't. Guys, I'd I'd really appreciate if you could just not bare your teeth at Doreen. It it reminds her of her mum.
4: So, Anvil's hunt for, um, Hunt was finally over. Beverly was easily seduced by Francis's script and agreed that both it and he had
0: legs. Thus, Anvil and Hunt finally gave bloody birth to what would become the biggest and most overwrought franchise in horror history.
4: But who was to play the eponymous Dr. Murder?
1: Sorry, are you asking me? No. Good, because I don't bloody well know.
3: The role of Dr. Murder went to veteran of stage and war, Victor Spink. After returning the Navy, Spink had turned to stardom. Following an honourable discharge...
1: Unlike yours, then, eh?
3: following, Following that... Spink headed for the Hall of Fame by featuring in a number of swashbuckling flicks throughout the 1940s in the U.S. of A. Where? America.
1: Well, why didn't you just say that?
3: Spink proved a success
0: thanks to his unique ability to do many things on cue. Actors are often inexplicably respected for being able to cry on cue, but Spink could go much further.
3: In his career as a movie star, Spink was able to demonstrate his ability to vomit on cue. Sweat on cue, have clumps of hair fall out on cue, and in a particularly memorable sequence, cue on cue. Due to this incredible
4: talent and the fact most other men were fighting fascism in Europe, Spink took daring and dashing lead roles in films such as Treasure of
2: the Desert Wind. Heard here. You'll never get away with this, Don Diablo. Not if you won't let go of it. Never. <laughs>
1: Oh, Rodrigo, so brave! Kiss
2: me. I'm a little busy. So long, then.
4: <laughs> hey. Oh yes.
3: Are we fighting to the death or smooching, señoritas? don't the ever a real man
2: can
0: do both. <laughs> And with Spink's ability to have a cardiac arrest on cue, he was, quite literally, cinema's greatest heartthrob.
4: The attacks did, however, lead to serious health problems and put him out of commission by the end of the decade.
3: Returning to England, Victor eventually found himself rotting in the film actor's den of failure, the theatre.
1: I've got the heart of a 20-year-old. Her bungee cord snapped.
3: By the early to mid-fifties,
4: Spink was starring in a play on the West End.
0: Dial N for Knife was the long-running stage adaptation of the Martha Bloom mystery novel, It Doesn't End
3: Well for Eric. Spink was suggested for the role of a vengeful doctor by Malcolm Gordon.
4: It transpired the Anvil consultant met the future thespian in the Navy.
1: In the Navy. Like that song. Which one? I am sailing.
4: Right. Gordon and Spink were also both inducted into the same chapter of a secretive fraternity, the Fourth Midshipman's Order, an age-old brotherhood of influential gentlemen who refused to let women join. Like
3: royal male? Uh, Not really, no. Well, it's not called royal female, is it?
1: Oh, shut up and get me out of this shed, Rufy. She calls you Rufy.
4: <laughs> yeah, I like Rufus.
1: No, it's how we met. Roofies.
0: Um,
1: couple of Roofies introduced us down the pub after they came off work. Oh
0: thank God.
1: And then they sold us some cracking raw hypnol.
3: Hmm Lot of stuff to get through. As fellow brethren of the Fourth Midshipman's Order, known as shipheads. With their private ceremonies, guarded rituals, and the odd yacht keys in a fishbowl bash, Spink and Gordon adhered to the classic boys club rule of you pull my tackle and I'll yank your rod. Fortunately for Anvil, Victor Spink was a perfect
0: fit for the evil Dr. Murder. The film was an instant hit and made the former star a household name again. You promised
1: me a Nando's!
0: We've still got two films to go! Golly, darling, I do hope that awful doctor chap is truly gone. Some folks say he ain't dead at all, but still up to his old tricks.
1: Oh, tish-tosh. Cyril, you don't want to believe all you hear, you hear me?
0: Perhaps you're right, dear.
1: Mr. Tyrrell, Dr. Murder will see you now.
0: Dr. Murder? But I thought Dr. Murder was dead.
1: <laughs> don't worry, Mr. Tyrrell. It isn't that Dr. Murder. This is his daughter.
0: A woman, Doctor. Following the success of Revenge, the studio craved more of the same.
3: Mr Anvil himself asked Francis Hunt to come up with another film immediately. He specified that it'd have the feel, style, tone and taste of another Dr Murder.
0: So we made another Dr Murder.
3: Only there was something of a snag. The original
4: film culminates with the police riddling the vengeful Doctor full of bullet holes. Murder then falls back, catching himself in one of his own devices, which cuts off his head entirely.
3: Perhaps the next movie could feature Dr Murder as a headless assassin, but Spink had already agreed to revive the role on the proviso that he kept his head. Proviso.
0: Not to mention the
3: fact that a previous Anvil film, The Headless (laughs) Assassin,
0: had been one of the 27 recent flops for the studio. But Hunt was to be inspired for his sequel by the birth of his brother's female offspring, Kluwaka.
4: The script for The Daughter of Dr Murder was written over two feverish weekends at Hunt's Country Retreat in Redruth,
3: Cornwall.
1: Oi, I'm bored. Take me to bingo.
3: Not now, buttercup.
1: Bingo, bingo, bingo. It isn't
3: even on today.
1: Take me anyway.
3: What, so you're just sit in an empty bingo hole?
1: Well, it'd be better than this. I've listened to funnier shipping forecasts.
4: It isn't meant to be funny, actually.
3: Listen, we're going to be a while. Take my keys and drive yourself.
1: I can't drive. I'm still traumatised after what happened last week.
3: What happened? Can we crack on?
4: Hmm? Can we? Crack on? Yes?
3: Yes, sorry, Clint.
4: (sighs) The titular daughter role of Marianne Murder went to aspiring and often perspiring young actress Penelope Smitten.
0: Smitten is perhaps best known nowadays as the Koala Cigarettes Girl.
1: They're a knobheads these two, aren't they? You know I'm bad for you. Your wife hates the smell of me on your clothes. You suspect I gave you emphysema. But how can you resist the silky, smooth taste of koala... Mmm, koala cigarettes. Put me in your mouth, big boy.
0: It was the single most successful ad campaign of the decade. What a
4: slut! Little is known of the film's plot, but we can presume it follows a similar pattern of elaborate killings from Marion under the tutelage of the Doctor's insidious ghost, guiding her through each of the grisly set pieces
3: smitten and spink made devilish pair that delighted audiences
0: the narrative reportedly concludes with marianne discovering her father's talking head and reacquainting it with his recuperated body
4: only for her own body to be incinerated moments later at the hands of an angry mob dr murder however manages to escape
3: surprisingly an off-screen romance blossomed between father and daughter despite spink being vastly older than smitten The age gap, surgically erasable.
1: And what's wrong with that?
3: Why are you still here?
1: He hasn't taken me to bingo.
0: I never offered to take you to bingo. She
3: means me, it's a lazy point.
0: This behind-the-scenes passion bled into the film itself, it would seem, as this clip found stapled to the Tomb of the Unknown Warrior demonstrates.
2: Father, father, you must help me. I've awoken in the bath once again and am covered in blood. But it is not my own. Whose blood is it, father? Yes, my dear. Recline there for a moment. Enjoy the warmth of the water. The blood can wait. Daddy, I've been a bad girl again, haven't I?
1: Even I didn't care for that. Did he say spinked?
2: Uh,
4: yes. At first, I thought it was a strange accent. Uh, but some suggest it's his
3: personalisation of the word spanked.
1: It's in very poor
3: taste. This from the woman who giggles at photos of deforestation.
1: If trees are so sad, and why don't you marry one?
0: Is she drunk? Very.
4: Despite the obvious depravity of Daughter, it proved
0: another smash hit. It opened to a record weekend taking of seven shillings and eightpence in nineteen fifty-six, or roughly ten grand in today cash.
3: Hunt's fate was like the eighty-eight Tupperware containers of pure brine in Doreen's fridge, thoroughly sealed.
1: Nothing like piping hot brine soup, is there?
4: Nope. Anvil now had the makings of its first cinematic franchise. A precursor to the likes of contemporary superhero flicks, Wimpy's Fast Food and... Um, uh, ooh, what's another franchise, fellas?
1: I play bingo with a woman named Franchise.
3: Fine. In spite of Hunt's initial reluctance, the heavy load of a cash injection from Beverly led to the swift penning of a third instalment of Doctor Murder. The curious cupboard
0: of Doctor Murder hit cinemas in the spring of 57 to baying crowds of murder-mad fans. In spite of the film's flimsy conceit and diminishing returns, movie number three made a killing at the box office.
4: And the investigation into that death remains open to this day.
1: Doctor Murder will...
2: Thank you, nurse. Ah, Mr. Tyrrell.
0: Thank you for coming in. I'm terribly worried about the results of my scan, doctor.
1: Oh, bish-bosh. I told Cyril he has nothing to fear, you hear me?
0: Well, I'm
2: afraid that he should be afraid. What is it, murder? My diagnosis. Death. Your prescription.
0: This gun. Oh! Victor Spink was back, and badder than ever.
4: By now, the actor had really sunk his teeth into
3: the role. And the scenery. Apparently, he chewed it in every take.
1: Oh, Rufus, honestly, you're as thick as a Spaniard's tongue.
3: And she's racist, too. Doreen, please, I can cast aspersions on who I like.
1: You couldn't cast a die. What does that
3: mean? We are almost finished. Stop.
1: Bearing their milky cuspids at me.
4: Why Spaniard? Spink was now synonymous with his wicked cinematic counterpart, but his long career as Dr Murder had
0: only just begun. Thanks to his stellar turns at the heart of the burgeoning film series and his fraternal connection with the influential Malcolm Gordon, Spink was set to perform
3: the part for several years to come. But as we continue with our saga of this beloved movie murderer... Things take a grim and unseemly turn for the twisted villain and those around him.
4: In part two, we shall discuss the final five instalments of the franchise, as well as the various knockoffs, remakes, and reboots of the infamous Doctor.
1: Can we go now?
3: We do usually have a post recording pint of Bovril afterwards.
1: You are on very. Thin ice, my lad.
0: Why does Rufy need to drive you any road? What's stopping you?
1: I had a very harrowing incident on the A666, if you must know.
4: Oh, I'm sorry to hear that.
3: There was a collision.
1: Some death cat wandered out in front of me. I accelerated, of course, but the mangy bastard went and burst under my wheel. Nearly had me off the road.
0: The A666, you say?
1: You should see the state of me tyre tread. Like picking peanut butter out of my shagpile rug.
0: And uh, this cat, what, what what do they look like?
1: I don't know, I'm sort of cat-sized, cat-brown, with a cat's tail.
0: Oh, weck. What? Doreen, that was Damien, you run over my cat. Oh oh,
3: oh, oh!
1: oh, so it were your moggy I mashed, eh? Do you know what? You want to keep your pets under control, I could have crashed. I'll send you the cleaning bill, Oh you can come and collect what's left of him from under my bumper. It's like minced beef, mind you.
3: Get out! You are Doreen, you've been nothing but horrible to my fellow cinephiles and now you've exploded Warren's only friend. I don't ever want to see you again. Uh, could you leave? I need to wrap this episode up. Go on, get out!
1: Fine. You're a bunch of sad acts anyway. Good riddance.
4: So, until next time, we've been Rufus bugger off Warren I will have my revenge and I'm Clint and this has been One 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 from the from, from the, the, the vaults vault.
1: more like God from the dolts
4: will you get her out of here
0: One from the Vaults is a co-production between the Cinema Society and Medium Rare Productions. It was written and performed by Joel Heritage, Jacob Lovick and Jack Robertson, with additional performances by Cassie Atkinson, Peter Dewhurst, Benjamin Dixon, Hannah Fretwell, Ferry Hunt, Alice Marshall and Frankie Spires, and edited by Jacob Lovick. The music is by Cyclone Marlowe. It is based on an original idea created with Chaz Redhead, You can follow us on Society on Twitter, email us on cinemasociety at gmail.com and remember, cinema is always spelt with an S.